Okay, this is Roland. Uh, my name's David Wild. This is uh, Niles. No, Niles, isn't it? Jill. Yeah. yeah. How are you? <laughs> How are yeah. we? <laughs> Shuey, is it Rat Ray? Rat Ray, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, we're doing this um, podcast to talk about your project, but what I really want to do is talk about um, kind of NFTs and blockchain, lead into your project, what you're doing with your decentralized studio. Um, but to, to, to start, to kind of just introduce you to guys, what you what your background is, a quick summary of both of your backgrounds, you know. Uh, yeah, I can start because I'm the oldest. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so that's apparently still uh, goes. Uh, I yeah. have spent uh, most of my career in the fashion business and in advertising, branded goods, etc. And then... I guess it's about 20 years at this point. I was brought in to run a film company, a big Italian-American film company. And as such, I got sort of uh, headfirst into Hollywood and filmmaking and producing. And so it turned out that with a background in the fashion business is kind of the same process in which you operate with creatives and you operate with uh, soft uh, IPs, mainly ideas. You work with... Uh, uh, people who have a creative gene in them and create either designs or they create scripts or they create music or whatever. And I've always sort of stood in that bridge between the creatives and then the market because every product has a place to go, whether that's a design, whether that's a movie, music, etc. So I've always sort of been that uh, hybrid of a, I guess, CEO or producer. And so for the last 20 years, I mainly operated as a movie producer executive producer to be precise which is more the guy that sort of orchestrates and puts together the the deal on a film so in on in that capacity i work now on a big number of movies and most notably with three movies with martin scorsese mm. uh, silence uh, the irish man and now killers of the flower moon and i'm now on my eighth year uh, just about to launch the enzo ferrari biopic uh, to star uh, Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Uh, and moreover, I've been consulting on a whole number of movies, independent movies and uh, the like. So, you know, I'm a, a producer, I guess, just without the ponytail and the cigar. And uh, <laughs> pony producers these days uh, look like this as well. So uh, that's that's more or less what I've done. Yeah. Right. Great. Shuri, what about yourself? Um, for me, really, throughout my career, I've really just been in crypto. Um graduated from university um, about eight years ago now and we used to play around with it a bit for kind of nefarious reasons back then um, and then we kind of me and my friends came out of university and we decided to continue working in the industry um, we set up a bitcoin miner back in 2016 um, set up a crypto fund back in 2017 um, did a couple of token sales and then kind of just moved on from that and at the beginning of last year, we started to get into NFTs, set up a couple of projects, minted a couple of projects, and then me and Niels met in the summer last year, and we started to kind of formulate the bedrock of NFT studios and Kino Dai. Okay, so what what came to the point where you decided to want to set up a decentralized studio, um, Niels, where, I mean, you're working in Hollywood, you're working in, in bigger movies. Why did you want to try this, exp try and take this road to uh, disrupting things and um, I think I know the reason, but, you know, I'm asking for other people. What what made you come together and say, let's try this and, you know? Well, we have a saying in Denmark where I come from, uh, being naked teaches you to knit really fast, right? 
And uh, so, so as a producer, basically, I need to try that. Apart from that, I'll, I'll well, give that advice. In, in my case, it requires really fast knitting because it's not pretty what goes on without clothes okay. on. I'll tell you that. But uh, basically, it's uh, it, it you know as a producer, particularly independent producer, you spend more or less, I would say, a good seventy percent of your time chasing money. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's plenty of great scripts. There's actually plenty of great actors who want to work, directors, etc. There's so much good material lying around both Hollywood and elsewhere that doesn't get made uh, because simply the old finances system is quite broken. Mm -hmm. And it's also run by a very limited number of people who have access to the funds and then... As far as the big studios go, they really focus their main efforts because of the big overheads and the way that they're set up on big blockbusters and big franchises because they're really geared towards having Marvel movies and, and the ready-made the ready-made audience, the books, the comics, the toys. You know. Correct, exactly. Yeah. You have to. You can't go in and, in their defense, you can't go in at a hundred million dollar plus budgets without yeah. knowing you have a certain audience. Yeah. And particularly, also, you have like you see the Minions movie right now. You know. It's only got to be maybe 30% of the revenue from the Minions movie is got to come through the theater. The rest is got to come through merchandise, licensing, you know, uh, co-branding opportunities, etc. So as an independent, independent producer trying to do something outside of the movie system, I mean, studio system has been come very difficult. And as far as background goes, you know, thank God a few years ago, Netflix came into the, to the game because without them, a whole lot of uh, independent movies would never have been made today that Netflix at least uh, got through. The problem with it is that they also now are trying to compete for the same sort of big blockbuster things, big yeah. ticket items. And unless Netflix stands behind a movie with marketing dollars, in all likelihood, it might disappear in one or two weeks. You see, yeah. that's very unsatisfactory to a screenwriter that's worked on something maybe for a couple of years, a director who has a vision for a project, and even top A-list actors who have worked their butt off to get this made and something that they burn for, that is not your $100 million movie, but it might be your 10 15 $20 million movie that a lot of people want to do because we don't all want to see Marvel all the time, mm -hmm. let's be honest, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we want to see the Big Lebowski's. We want to see the usual suspects. We want to see, you know, Kramer versus Kramer. Now I just aged myself, I'm afraid. But, you know, it's like... We I'm the to... Rusty. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for being back in the 80s with me. Excellent. You know, I could have gone back further, but that would be horrible, right? I've like, already, already lost. Stop yeah, exactly. Hey, you're Casablanca, goddammit. Yeah. Okay. But just to make a point here, um, back yeah. to... Uh, what Scorsese was talking about, the whole thing that kicked off with him about Marvel movies and everything else. I don't want to go too much on this, but basically, I think what everybody's trying to say is, it's not that there's a question that there's too many, that, that we don't like Hollywood blockbusters. There's, there seems to be no balance, yeah. do you know what I mean? From yes. those Easy Riders and Cuckoo's Nest and whatever we want to see, those movies. Yeah. We don't want to just see spandex, no. do you know what no. I mean? And you know. This, is, this is where I know that Marty... Scorsese got into a bit of a, a sort of whirlwind of objection when he said that, but I totally understand what he means, and he is completely yeah. right. It doesn't mean that you don't think that Marvel movies are not great. I, for my sake, if I'm dragged into another Marvel movie, you have to shoot me in the head first. <laughs> I'm just telling you, because for me, it's formulaic. It's the yeah. same goddamn plot every fucking time. Excuse my yeah. language. Yeah. Yeah. But I just know what's going to happen. And even now, they bring in the new Thor movie, right? 
and they literally have the freaking audacity to put in a plug for the next fucking Thor movie within the movie. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, come on. I know, I know. Are you watching a movie or just a big fucking marketing campaign? And when Marty comes out and says, hey, let's give some room to independent movies, to more original uh, fare, because if we follow this path of algorithms, choosing mm -hmm. everything, and Huey's mm -hmm. heard this joke 40 times, so I Huey, but... I say if algorithms decided what we were going to watch, it would be Kim Kardashian having sex with Iron Man 40 times a day in one yeah. movie, being blown up at the end. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. You know what it's, I'm saying? It's right. right? <laughs> so F it. I mean... I think the point is that people are missing. There's so many people who support these movies and get angry, but they, they miss the big point. And the big point is we're world is in a pretty much a mess. And culture, culture has always been communicated through music you know, in the early days, the 60s and 70s and 50s, and yes. through movies. And yes. that is getting missed in favour of people that are just greedy, you know, and no, don't just want to make money. Do you know what I mean? It should be a fine balance between both, you know. You, you now, you're, you're now touching an extremely important point. I'm <clears throat> name dropping here, but I talked to my friend Stephen Fry about it. You know, your, your British iconic inside yeah. the of human knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he he had a good point to me. He says, well, Niels, don't worry. There's always the ones on the very fringes that are going to change society and they're going to move in the other direction that the masses are going to do. So he has great faith in like the younger generation actually coming in and saying, hey, we want to change the narrative. But your point is absolutely correct. The danger right now is that the mass narrative in the world is run by algorithms and these big blockbuster things. And all the great things that happen with Okay, Sex Pistols, or or I don't know, in music, in 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 fashion, even in movies that changed the narrative. We all talked about it on Monday morning, or we talked about it during the week. What we had heard, what we had seen, and it wasn't your big blockbuster stuff. It was that stuff that came from underneath. Well, if you look at UK in the seventies and the Sex Pistols, if you look at New York and the underground film scene in the seventies, yes. everything in a way has to be burnt down to the ground to come back up and reinvent itself, and it has to educate. You know, um, and I think that's what has to, and that's that's the only kind of thing I've focused on NFTs. The reason why, you know, um, but yeah, I totally agree with where you're going. So, how does this? Um, how are you managing to pull this together in terms of this decentralized studio? How does it, how does it work? I'm going to ask you a lot of that, you know, afterwards because I know you have to go soon. But where did you? Where's the plan? To say how could you? Be, is that a seed fund? How does it work essentially? With, well, with the both, you know. Before before going there, I just want to add one important element that Huey and I have had a lot of Twitter space and a lot of contact with the NFT community. And I want to say one thing that attracts me even more as a filmmaker about what the opportunities lays in terms of creating communities and opportunities for many other people to come into financing movies. It is also providing voices to people that are not really heard these days in Hollywood and elsewhere as yeah. minority voices. It's uh, LGBTQTs. It's uh, people that are on the fringes of society, people that have important stories to be told, but don't fit into that framework of an algorithm in which has to say X amount of tickets for it to even get heard by anyone. And mm -hmm. we have felt in our sort of starting point of this NFT world that there lies something super, super interesting. And the more we learned about that, as well as sort of trying to do something great for independent movie theaters, we say that it might not be now and it might not be. And we just had a, a, a drop that wasn't so great with the wrong time at the wrong thing. And, you know, we got to raise our hands and say, hey, you know what? We're not quite there yet. And we're mm -hmm. trying, but we're building a community and we won't lay down because we think that if we get it right, we're actually going to be able to engage audiences that are invested, so to speak, 
from an energy perspective in each movie that they want to watch. And filmmakers like audiences can come and say, hey, this is my movie. Create a community in which people actually help finance and curate and bring those movies forward in a format that is happens to be with a DAO and with NFTs, et cetera. And, and that, that, I believe, ultimately, it'll be an ideal platform to disrupt and change uh, the cultural outbringing from Hollywood, London, wherever else films are made, so that it shows and reflects society a lot more. Because yeah. society is not all like me, 60-year-old, middle-aged, wealthy men that lives and walks around Hollywood. That's not what the downtown LA I look at looks mm -hmm. like. You know, it's a whole much, it's a whole different diversity, and representation matters, right? And yeah. representation matters in storytelling. Representation matters in movies, and it And I think that's where uh, our soft spot is into able to be successful in NFT studios and building our DAO. That's really it. I think the one thing about NFTs that are interesting is where um, people always said, and I've had what, what you know, I think what people have got to watch for, I've had a lot of people saying, we need to burn down Hollywood, we need to destroy Hollywood, this is a new way. I don't believe that we have to burn down anything. I think no. two can coexist, you no, know. Um, yeah, because I remember back in the crowdfunding days when Kickstarter first launched and people were talking about that, and this is a new way. But the one thing good about NFTs than typical crowdfunding, you know, I know you guys are operating in a bigger arena than small small films but the interesting thing about nfts is that when if you do a crowdfunding movie and say you do a horror movie you're usually getting a community or an audience that is in, maybe in horror or people that believe in you the, you build your brand but yeah. sometimes you, you build it and then you go oh shit i've got to make another horror movie now it's the same way as hollywood operates because i've got that audience there they want a fucking yeah. horror movie yeah. so you're, you're tied into that the good thing about nfts which has interested me for is that if you i don't think people that want to invest in coke necessarily want to drink coke do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you make a movie that's a, a socially conscious movie or a horror movie, a comedy, whatever, I think people buying NFTs might just go, I'm, I believe in this project. I'm invested in that. If you want to make a comedy after this, you want to make a horror after that, I don't give a shit. Whereas in other routes, you kind of get tied in this road. Like early days of Coppola, he made The Godfather. He didn't really want to do that. He wanted, so he did The Godfather too. And you get, you get on this train the same as Hollywood does. But yeah. NFTs can smash that up. You know? yeah, I think so. I in a way so. that you can, because people are investing in things so much, they know so much, here's horror fans, you know, and that's kind of why I like it, you know. Um, in terms of, um, okay, so when people, I, I mean, again, I'm going to ask you a lot of these questions, you know, but while you're here, Nils, um, in terms of how, what do people actually get when they get bored with you guys? What, what is the... Let's talk about intellectual property, IP, you know, because that's the big thing, isn't it, really? You know, mm -hmm. yeah. um, that's I don't think most people realize that is where long term money is made, you know. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you come and why don't you come work with me? Because uh, once you hey, start, they make that, the offer, I'll be there. Uh, you know <laughs> yeah, no, but that's where that do you take you know, coffee. It's like, it's like my little thing. I'm not plugging my thing here, but I've got a little series here. It's a tiny little series. I've made two seasons over years. Okay. That's not where the that's not where the, the money's going to be made. I'm going to release a novel over years, and if the novel does well, the yeah. novel's a bigger story. That's yeah. where the can IP is. You, you know what? You don't. I don't need to say it to you. But you well, know, if that's what people are maybe buying into, you know, we use guys. I don't know. Is it? You know. Listen. This is this is touching on on really the essence of this, and I'll let Huey elaborate on it after I leave the call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
at the end of the day, everyone now knows where the game is. The game starts and ends with IP. Clean IP, yeah. first of all, obviously, because you know that's the other issue, right? You've got to make sure that the IP chain of title is correct. Once you have that, and whether you're an author, you have a script, you have a book, you have whatever, you have your own story, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, for as long as you can hold on to your IP, the more money you're going to end up making down the road. The problem, obviously, is these days is that the players in this game, who, by the way, I work with and I adore and I, you know, they've been great, both Netflix, Amazon, Apple, you name it, the studios that I work with. So like you said, we are going to coexist in an environment that has all that in it. The problem is these days that if you want to go and tell, take your IP, uh, whether that's a finished IP in terms of a script or it's your book to a uh, third party as in Netflix or whoever, you're going to end up losing pretty much 95% of control and 99% of revenue um, uh, uh, visibility, right? Or, or you've got to get a fee if yeah. you're lucky. But the biggest problem is you're not going to control your own destiny in terms of how is the movie marketed? Where is it marketed? How aggressively is it marketed? Where does it go? So the equity portion that people actually sell their, their heart out for, meaning their IP it's actually not that big. You see, on any given movie, I can pretty much finance a movie if I have about 10% of the budget in the bank. If I have mm-hmm. that, I can go to the market with this movie and make a bidding war because I'm able to make offers to the talent that I want in on the movie. Go yeah. I can do tax rebates, sell, uh, pre-sales, MGs, et cetera, from foreign sales, and et cetera. And that's a game that a lot of people who haven't been long enough in Hollywood doesn't understand. And if you're an aspiring writer who's been at it for six, seven, eight, 10, 12 years with your script that you love, once somebody says, we'll take it, you're greenlit, hallelujah. And yeah, you sell you, the thing, exactly. Right? The, worst thing, the worst thing you can do is go in there with desperation. It's the worst thing you can, you know. It so you, you go, I want my movie made. I want the script made. You just, you, yeah. sell, you, sell, your, you sell your soul, you know. That's why yeah. I say, to, I do a lot of seminars at colleges and film schools. I do a little guest speakings, mainly because then my kids have to call me professor, you know, professor <laughs> Neil. It's really annoys them. It really annoys them. But mostly because I say to these students, Keep your day job and don't buy the latest iPhone. You don't need it. Keep the money in the bank because your money is your creative freedom later on so that yeah, you don't have yeah. to sell out before you're ready and before you can afford it, right? Because, you know, even though we all want shit to get made, great. Get it out yeah. there. Great. Your student film, your small budget thing, whatever. Yes, get your material out there, whatever, but don't expect a return on it. But yeah. once that day comes, and hopefully it will, where you actually have something amazing that people want, hold on to it. So NFTs and this DAO system that we're building, and Huey will tell more about it, it's going to try and make it so that the equity portion comes from an NFT community, right? NFT token holders that are going to be within our DAO, continuing on inside what we're going to build as a little studio, a curating studio that's going to facilitate the opportunity for filmmakers, uh, writers, directors, actors, whoever, who wants to bring the product forward, and that we can just at least co-finance and at least make sure that we can get going and we can develop. Some of them were lucky. We might fully finance when we release our tokens, when we have our DAO. But for the most part, we're probably just going to be that equity portion that's going to make you able to hold on to a lot of your IP. And we've got to guarantee a transparency in our budgets, in our productions, so that whatever back end we say we're going to give you, it's actually going to be the back end that we said we're going to give you because that's right. okay. another, you know, very sort of difficult land to navigate here. Uh, so, so now, before you go, because I know you have to go soon, 
One yeah. question, a really, really, really big question. It's one that, that it puts me into a sweat, right? <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw online a few weeks ago a filmmaker that's into NFTs said, put it this way, you know when big movies are made, they're made by committee, right? If yeah. somebody's going to give you $100 million, you expect it to be a committee, right? You expect to tick out, tick out the boxes. But if you make more personal movies, you want to keep as less people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that work for you guys where your collaborators that you always want to collaborate with, your production designer, your actors and your camera person, you want to really collaborate with them. The mm-hmm. suits, as we call them, are the executives, the money people, you don't so much want to collaborate the same way. You know, they, if your NFT holders become your, you know, if you have 100, you have 1,000, and they're all putting a contribution, how do you manage to micromanage that so that there's still a vision kept in the project? That's the big thing for me, yeah. you know, in terms of a, a creative, that I would think as a filmmaker, how the hell, if everybody says, oh, it'd be great if they were wearing a T-shirt that was red and it'd be great if this poster was that way, you, you end up with a vision that is all over. You know, how, yeah, how, yeah. You, how are you going to yeah. manage that, you know? Well, first of all, we, we are putting in a system in which we are going to be the curating arm here and so we are going to curate the projects that we're going to let up to the people and to vote on to have a say in which what movie gets made from then on no it's absolutely the 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 responsibility and the product and the darling and the baby of the writer who i adore the most sorry directors but writers are my babies i work with absolutely absolutely you know because that's you know what without the writers without the story it doesn't matter yeah and and you know directors are amazing as well, but it's easier to find a good director uh, for, but you know, but a good script is hard to come by and good writers are hard to come by. I hate committees. I don't think committees belong anywhere. It's like saying Gordon Ramsay, hey, we have other people that want to add a little more salt, you know, to put a little more pedal. Gordon Ramsay's going to throw them out of the kitchen. Do you Mm -hmm. think Alfred Hitchcock would have made any movie with anyone standing over his shoulder and said, hey, you know what, that bath, that uh, shower scene, you know, why don't you make it a bathtub? Right? Yeah, mm. it only works if you're making a two hundred million dollar movie, which is a big product that you're making. Right. You know. Yeah, but then that's you know. then it's just market surveys. Then it's yeah. like they take it out to yeah. audiences and and how yeah. many laughs and how much do they love it and they do yeah. this thing. But that's not art. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's making so, product. That's creating yeah. a, whatever. You know. Which is fair enough. That's what you're doing. You know. Yeah, that's, a different that's thing. McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. McDonald's. But we're yeah. talking. We're talking Gordon Ramsay here, right? So, yeah. <laughs> It's you don't, different. yeah, you don't want a thousand fucking Gordon Ramsays. You no, want... you don't, because you're gonna get. Go, oh, no. By the way, he's a nice guy. I met the man. He's really mellow, <laughs> very kind. So I just want for the record, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So you know that sounds. Uh, look, I don't want to keep you now. I know you have to go at half past, so yeah. I can talk to Hugh about a lot of these things. You know, you can expand on what you're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I would love to talk to you for a long time, but I know you're a busy man, so you need to go. I just so, have to. I just have to make sure that I locate the accent right. Where is yeah. that? Is it Irish? Is it Liverpoolian? Oh, come on! Oh, uh, shut up, Huey. Be quiet. I, <laughs> you know, stop it. <laughs> I was just telling you before you came on. I'm in the capital. I live in actually. This is Hollywood. It's in Glasgow. Because what I was okay. saying was most oh, movies, oh, no. most big movies. Uh, yeah, this go oh, away. No. Oh, most no. movie, most most mo- blockbuster movies have been made in in Glasgow now. They, they shot really Indiana Jones or they shot The Fast and the Furious. So uh, you know what? I'm gonna get off this call because two yeah. spots in one room, go. in one room, <laughs> it's just too much. You know, I had hoped it were Irish people here to level it out a little bit, get a little no Well, hey, listen, it. people, people. When I used to live in London, people used to think I was Dutch. Are, are Polish or 
Well, I used to say that is Sean Connery. I used to think Sean Connery was Polish, you know. So yeah. it's okay. Well, you know, you know I'm at Danish. Least you, at least you get what you're Danish. At least you understand what I'm saying. That's the main thing, you know. You know what? When I moved to America as a Dane, people stopped me and said, "Oh, you're from Denmark, huh?" Yeah, we love those Stockholm man. We love that Holland. Holland is amazing. You love that. You know, I don't care anymore. It's okay, but um, as long as we I'm can, com- yeah. As long as we can communicate with each other, that's the main thing, you know. That's all it is, and no, no that's border divides people. No border exactly. divides people. It's all exactly. Exactly. You know, no bullshit. Only when we play soccer or rugby or whatever you guys play. <laughs> or whatever, you know, no, the, the soccer crazy here, but the crap at it. You know, they, they go crazy about football here, but they're not very good at it. Anyway, that's yeah, another Scotland, conversation. Yeah, I'm sorry about yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I always root yeah. for you guys, and I met uh, yeah. I met uh, uh, Rod Stewart a few times. Right, lovely, lovely guy. I don't. He's know always here. Yeah. Yeah. Are you Celtic yeah. or Rangers, by the way? That's important. I'm, I'm, I'm not a football guy, so I'm in the middle. I'm, oh, no, I'm not, you're not. You're just trying to please the audience now. You're just no, my father, about... my father always took me to the movies, never took me to the, the football, so that kind of corrupted me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's led me down this horrible path. You know, I've no choice it's now. It's a good you path. Know. Mate, stick on movies, that path. You know. Stick yeah. on this path. Okay, and, man. Uh, yeah, I look forward to meeting you over here in person. You're a delight to be with. And uh, I'll leave Thanks. you with, a, with, a, with yeah. another spot. You guys will just scot away, man. So right, okay, we'll scot away. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Yeah. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on. Cheers, everyone. All right. Okay, catch All you later. Bye, guys. Catch you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay, Huey. So let's say, uh, I think let's, because we jumped a little bit there, you know, yeah. um, but which I was trying to do because Nils was going to weigh. Let's take it back to if you're okay. Are you okay for another 20 minutes or so? Yeah, yeah, that's totally cool. Okay. So let's take it back to the point for people that don't even know. I mean, I don't want to go into a whole thing about NFTs. I want to just keep it in a, a... I was going to say an elevator pitch, but you can't do NFTs in an elevator pitch, you know. But for yeah. the people that don't even... Um, I've got quite a few people following me that are interested in NFTs and stuff, but they still don't get... NFTs basically are like digital ownership, aren't they? Are digital, you know. Yeah, and I, I even think you can simplify um, one more degree with the use case that we're using nfts for like we're just using them really as an entry ticket right as a digital yeah. entry ticket to get yeah. to participate in something right like yeah. i have a huge belief you know i'm involved in several nft projects and i have a huge belief in digital assets you know as a long-term um thing i agree that, you know and I, I come from you know a very big gaming background ever since i was young and i've you know i've gone through the process of spending thousands and thousands of pounds over the years on gaming skins in fortnite call of duty um so like i see the value in digital assets and i see the reason for them to be iterated as nfts and i see the reason for there to be a secondary marketplace for these digital assets which kind of nfts allow yeah um and you know i think just to touch on that general point once more like if you go a generation below me then you understand really that is the generation of children who really apply a huge amount of value to digital assets more than yeah i'll give you a, a clue i gave my um i gave my girlfriend uh she, she has some younger cousins and they're between the ages of eight and 12 and for christmas last year i gave them some roblox gift cards right mm-hmm. and they got from all their parents they got clothes and they got physical toys and stuff everything else just got cast aside and they mm-hmm. immediately spent the roblox gift cards they were about 50 dollars each or 30 pounds each or something and they spent it in a matter of seconds right mm-hmm. They don't care about real world stuff. All they want to get is like a new hat for their Roblox avatar or whatever. Everything yep. else is just second for them. 
Well, I think it's um, what Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about. Gary Vaynerchuk, for anybody that doesn't know, is a big entrepreneur online who's made done we friends. And he was talking about, we have a world that people, obviously, we all know we live online and people digitally flex online and showing their cars and showing their houses and showing everything else. And uh, But a few months ago, I did start to notice what he was talking about. People were showing their NFTs and they were showing because that, you can't fake the blockchain. If you say that you own this and you own, I think there's, I can see the future where it's going to go. I mean, people, yeah. if, they, if they say they've got a, a piece in a film company or a piece in a piece of art or whatever, and yeah. I know there's been a downturn in NFTs, but we expect that because there's so many bad projects out there. Yeah. Um, because it, it reminds me of back in the days, uh, the early internet days and the VHS days when VHS first came in. The VHS market had a boom because of porn, you know, because that always drives innovation. And then the early internet days were driven for faster broadband sign-up because of porn. It's just human nature. But then, of course, we knew the internet grew into something else and there was a bubble burst yeah. because companies were overvalued. I think the same thing is happening with NFTs, and, if you agree yeah, with it, you know. You know. I've lived through it in crypto you know, through two previous cycles, right? 2015, there was just an array of awful cryptocurrencies which meant nothing, did nothing. Yeah. And we called them shit coins back then and they just went up and down, up and down. And yeah. 2017, there was an even bigger basket of just pointless cash grabs, and yeah. that really like topped out the market. And then we had to live through kind of a couple of years of not much at all in terms of liquidity and action. But you know, those times, those periods are where some of the great projects that we see today within the crypto ecosystem got built. So yeah. like, I think for me, yeah, it's tough at times like this because you know, someone my age have most of my most of my net worth in NFTs and crypto. So you have to kind of live through that, yeah. and suffer, you know, as a consequence. But I think, you know, just in, in, in my short career and short experience in this industry, like I know that there's going to, there's light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And I know things are going to come out and good projects will survive. Good projects will be built in this time. And I think, yeah, I mean, like based on the kind of conversation we've had about movies, I always point to the film Ready Player One as a good yep. example yep. of you know, yep. digital assets and the value that they could become to people and where we yep. could where we could end up going with neurotechnology and stuff like that. And I think that that's a great example in terms of sci-fi films to look at where maybe there's a world where NFTs like coexist in the real world, you know, with people using them on a day-to-day -day basis. I think it's, um, I don't even, you know, to me it's, it's very bizarre time because, you know, I've got a lot of people against NFTs and whatever, right? But they've got a very short memory. Let's go back. The internet started. The internet was a bulletin board. The internet then turned into social. And, you know, you know, the internet, what's happened in the last 20 years with technology is so absolutely insane. Mm. And yet, it's hard for people to get their head around about digital ownership and digital, you know, that is bizarre to me that people can't, a lot, a lot of people. But it, do you know what it is? I think it's because the internet means that things are copyable. And they yeah. can't get their head around that, you know, where you yeah. can copy that. So how do you own that? And how do you own this? Um, and I think that's the main thing. But I think the good thing about you guys is it's not like the last, you know, there's so many projects out there that are just copying the board ape and it's JPEGs. And they say they're going to make a game. They're going to make a film. And most of them, as we know, won't, you know, because they're just a cash grab. You guys have got a solid foundation. You know, Nell's a great producer. You know, it's built on utility, you know, which is basically so, you know, that's a completely different thing, I think, you know. Um, you're building somewhere a strong foundation there. It's not just on a JPEG that you're buying and hold on to some snail with a fucking hat, you know. 
you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, have you got one of those? Has it got a connection to a game that's already made? Otherwise, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it's, it's a market, right? Like yeah. the, the NFT market is, and it's a place where people come chasing profits. And yeah. Yeah. the consequence of that is great liquidity for people who want to use it as a cash grab mechanism. Yeah. And you know, I think you know, it can be seen as unhealthy and healthy at the same time, right? I think the more mm-hmm. people coming into NFTs, the better opportunity they have long-term. Like, but that then, I mean, that's always going to cause these projects that come out of the woodwork that just don't have... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...ambition with them. But yeah, I mean, I don't... You know, crypto is a funny industry to work in because there's a whole load of scams and rugs and there's no regulation. It's the complete wild west, right? It's the wild west, yeah. Yeah, that's why. Money has come very easy if you've been in crypto for a long time. So, like, the general narrative in the industry is if you get scammed or if you get rugged, you just laugh. You kind of laugh it off. You shake it off, right? And most of the the kind of hardcore crypto believers, people who have been around a long time, don't want regulation, especially not from, you know, a government body, right? Like the FCA or the SEC. Like, I don't think it really belongs in crypto. If, If anything... You know, if we're, if we're going to really shake out the kind of shit, then I think we need to self-regulate in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on the blockchain in, temp, in general, and the fu- which is the future of everything, you know. But I think if the blockchain serves a practice, I mean, in any business, right, whether in any business usually solves, a, a, it's a product, a service usually solves a problem. You know, that's how it exists. It solves a problem. The arts don't so much solve a problem, but they're just as important as any other business, creative mm. culture. But if you've got a business that solves a problem, does the blockchain solve a problem in many ways? Can it solve ticket touts? Can it solve property, you know, deeds? Can it solve all those practical solutions? If it can, I think that's where the future is, where it's got a future and it'll just grow because that's when big organisations and brands and corporations, are, uh, you know. So I think that's where... Maybe people have to look to. I don't know. You, what's your thoughts on that? You know? Proof of ownership and you know historical proof of ownership is a really good use case for blockchain. What, yeah, yeah. I, what, what I have a stronger preference towards and what kind of lines up with crypto ethos, I think, is decentralization. But mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean you need to apply decentralization to everything, right? Like mm-hmm. some things need it, some things need it, some things just don't need it. Back right. in 2017, there was a lot of crypto projects that came out. And they were like, oh, we're going to be the decentralized Uber. We're going to be the decentralized Betfair. We're going to be the yeah, exactly. Dropbox or you know, DocuSign. And it's like, well, we don't really need to decentralize DocuSign. Like, yeah, there's not, there's not a problem there. Yeah, 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 you know, you've got a solution for a problem, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, exactly. There may be a good reason to decentralize something like Betfair. You know, in that Betfair is a consumer-facing company and Betfair retains a whole lot of profits. So if you were to decentralize Betfair mm-hmm. and have it as a kind of protocol layer, where people are confirming um, the results of matches and et cetera, and they get rewarded for making that confirmation, then you, what you're doing is you're taking away the Betfair um, corporate revenue and you're mm-hmm. giving it to your, your, to your community, basically, in return yeah. to actually monitoring the platform and policing the platform. Yeah. So there are really good use cases for it, like all the way along the road. And I think when me and Niels sat down last summer and it was already... It was an accidental meeting because nothing was meant to come of it. We were just talking about, he was asking what I do and I was asking what he does. And, you know, he had a lot to say as an independent producer, as they always do, he had a lot to say about the movie industry and the problems with it. Yeah. The transparency and what's getting made, et cetera. And I was like, well, 
you know, this is what the crypto industry is about. And he was very, you know, inexperienced. Well, he just didn't know anything really about crypto. And I said, mm -hmm. this is what the crypto industry is about. It's about fixing a lot of the problems that you're saying is problematic within the movie industry. And then we we're like, holy shit, this could be a good marriage. And we started to kind of sketch out the idea. I took the idea to a venture capital friend of mine. And, you know, he absolutely loved it. And he wrote us a check for a million dollars. And then we've been kind of working with that since. And we built a team of uh, 11 or 12 people. Right. We've done the work that's involved, which is quite intensive in terms of cost. Um, but yeah, you know, we're still finding our feet in in, mm -hmm. in terms of building our community and stuff like that. Well, you're that. going to, because you're, I mean, you're pioneering things. You're going into territory that's new and it's fresh. So there's going to be ups and downs and, you know. Yeah. Um, so and let's get back to what you guys have got. Your clip, it's out there at the moment. Okay. So if people have got some ether and they want to buy into you, what? So they're buying a Kino Pass, is that right? You yeah. Know? And that gets accessed. What? So what, precisely what does that get them? You know? Um, so the Kino Pass, which is kind of, it's our kind of early backers Kino Pass, right? So it's for, mm -hmm. for kind of bedrock of our community. And that costs 0.3 ETH, which is, call it 300 bucks at today's prices. Now, what the Kino Pass will get you is two free mints at the main mint, which is going to be 0.15 ETH per mint. Mm -hmm. So you technically get to mint for free and your Kino Pass ends up becoming free if you are planning to mint the main mint. But what we want to enable with the Kino Pass is a kind of special access to all areas of the project, right? You know, you get platformed access within the DAO when that comes around. You get access to Niels and his network. You know, if you're in the movie business or if you're starting out in the movie business, like that's where you you know, this is what this can give you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, aside from that, like, we want to partner with as many projects as possible to give added value and utility to Kino Pass holders, really. Right. <clears throat> okay. And so from, from, our, from our point of view, I think, you know, just to ask myself a question for you, um, from our point of view, like, establishing a community this early on before the main drop is going to be a great thing for our project and going to enormously help it progress, basically. Right. Okay. Is it? Um, what was that project? Um, is it proof and then? Yeah, proof. Yeah. Proof. Yeah. yeah. They had a pass and then there was another pro. You know, is that is it some similar model? Is that a different? Yeah, it was somewhat inspired by what yeah. Kevin did with Proof Pass. With Kevin Rose. Yeah. 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 Which is a good good model. Yeah. 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 Good model, but I think in <laughs> Kevin Rose has a huge backing, right? He's got a million yeah. followers on Twitter and he's got yeah, yeah. a big key fund. And he's exactly, yeah, yeah. He's friends in the Bay Area. So, I mean, it, he's, he, you know, he's done nothing short of a miracle with what he's done. It was back, it's back to that thing where it's, people always say have a thousand true fans, which is pretty true. I think he had a thousand of those proof passes, you know, yeah. um, and then that can lead to a thousand promoters, et cetera, you know. But yeah, exactly. um, the, good, the good thing is that, that the NFTs, it's, people have said to me about NFTs, oh, yeah, you know, because I was going to release one and I've stopped because I'm, I'm, you know, it's a, it's a much smaller level, and I'm just biding my time. We have no uh, no major rush, but what I learned, it's not like a quid for it. You have to go; it has to hit that mark by next week. You know, you mm. can drip it out there and build it, and there's people get more educated about NFTs and blockchain and everything else. You know, that's why it's great to talk on it. That's why I wanted to talk to somebody really, because um, I saw Julie Pacino's uh, campaign. Um, I've been following yeah. her for a couple of years. I've got her on soon. You know. Um, how she done it, and I think more the more that we talk about it, the more education there is about you know to people that want to invest or filmmakers or just investors and stuff. I think that's the main thing to get away from the the just the oh NFTs are just monkey faces, and just to get away from that, there's a lot lot more than that, you know. Yeah. 
and Julie did a wonderful job with with her movie, and you know she fully finds yeah. as far as I know. Um, yeah, and she, she was one of the first to do so, and I think you know, I, you know, to be completely honest, you know, this is my first foray into the movie business, right? But right. I've met a lot of independent filmmakers. Like I see the struggles that they've gone through, you know, throughout their past career and trying to finance movies. So if NFTs are just a way to finance films, I think that's a great thing for the film industry, right? Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. like Julie, and there's another guy called Miguel Faust who's done it with a film called Yeah, Tell yeah, it. yeah. You know, they are really pioneering, you know, a new method of crowdfunding, really, which yeah. is awesome. Um, but, well, I think you know, if you if you build, I think if you like smaller, if you build your own brand and you create a heat around your own brand and around the person, because every famous filmmaker with George Lucas, Scorsese, or whatever, is a name. So if you build on your brand and people buying yeah. your brand, whether you're going to release a piece of art, a movie, whatever, I think that's a long term goal as well. You know, where you're creating a movie studio, you know. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know. Um, but um, what was I going to say? Something else there. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your thought in terms of so? These guys are fun. So at this stage, you're looking to fund movies. What is the uh, is that a wing and a prayer that the first movie that you're looking to fund? Yeah. So so we thought, given this project has a kind of bigger ambition than just a singular movie, right? We want to create mm -hmm. this. You know, it's a kind of it straddles studio, production house, film fund. You know, all in one kind of basket. Mm -hmm. um, you know what we're what we're creating, and. You know, originally the plan, oh, let's do an NFT drop and let's finance this DAO, which can then finance a movie, right? And then Niels was like, well, what if we came with a movie, right? And what does that prevent? A long lag time after the NFT drop where we'd have to choose a movie and then wait for the box office royalties, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. Niels had this great um, movie in his armory, which is A Wing and a Prayer, which is about this British guy who flew around the world on a microlight and came into all these... Know, different difficulties, you know, along along the course of the trip, um, and it was you had some really interesting, um, interested cast and director, and we just thought it was this kind of under underdog story which kind of fit in line with you know crypto as a general industry, right? It's been an yeah. underdog finance and an underdog to venture capital, so we started talking about it, and people really resonated with it. So yeah, we're launching the the, the idea is to finance that movie as much as we can. Um, and then immediately box office royalties from that movie start trickling back into the treasury of the DAO, which then the community can then decide what we do with. So just just being devil's advocate here, I know that in terms of, you guys know that when box office returns come from movies, that, that <clears throat> Hollywood and distributors can take a lot of money off of there. You know, in terms of how do you um, manage to kind of, get as much back as possible is there any way that you you know because that's the big thing it's not just making the movie it's the marketing the distribution um i know nels has got a lot of connections there so that you've got a great producer on board there but how does that you know if some put it this way if somebody finances a movie it's maybe five million dollars and it suddenly becomes a hint it's made a hundred million a lot of hollywood executives can write a lot of that off is there any way that you can you know by no bypass it, but how do you get money back in terms of you know, or is it just yeah. being part of the brand building studio, the NFT that can slowly build this where people can eventually make money? You know, so I guess the first movie with is the, IP, the IP back to the IP thing. The first movie is owned by us right now, so, right. so we're, we're the owner of the script. So, you know, we want to, in order to kickstart the DAO, we want to put as much as we can. And sure, I mean, 
forgive me if I'm waffling, if I waffle this answer a bit, because I don't no, really no, that's, that's know. Fine. I, I, I know there's sales agents and everyone has to take their cut, right? If yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And I, I think that's something you have to live with to some extent. And yeah. I'm sure like sales agents definitely have their place in Hollywood. But I think it will be different on a case by case basis, right? So it depends what movie from who, you know, is proposed to the DAO and what we decide to do with it. If we're part funding it, if mm -hmm. we're fully financing it, if we're taking total control, um, you know, it would it would be different in in every scenario, I think. But that's the way I see it, because somebody asked me, I've got, mine is a much, much smaller level, but people were asking me, well, David, you probably don't make much money from Amazon putting your CEO out there. And of course, we forget. <laughs> it's too laughable to even mention what you make in Amazon, right? Um, but that's nowhere, to me, that's nowhere the money comes from is building a long-term, where you're building a personal brand, the way you're building a brand of your studio, with IP in it. If you invest in that studio, if you invest in that person, you've got to think about a few years ahead where they may have a few properties and IP collections that you, if you invest in those people, that's eventually where you could maybe make money in that way through NFTs. And it's not so much the money coming directly from distributors. Is that, would that be a fair way to kind of say it or is it, you know? Yeah, no, no, I think that works as a... Building a, you know... Yeah, you yeah. Know, a, I, a successful company, you know, that is... Yeah. And you, you get a little party in some way, you know. Yeah, you yeah, know. no, I think that's a kind of accurate way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's still, you know, a, a lot of people get confused by things and the so... It's, I mean, that's the thing, again, but that's the NFT thing. It is confused, but I think as time goes on, it will start to level it, you know, you know. Um, so just one last question. So do you... Are you funding the movie 100% by NFTs or is that going to become from other finance as well, a mixture of both? Or So I think uh, a way <clears throat> the movie that we're launching the project with is uh, the budget's between 8 and $10 million, right? So right. it really depends on appetite when the time comes around for the main mint. In the yeah. ideal scenario, we fully finance it ourselves, but we have to also be realistic with the market and the appetite of the market and where yeah. we're at in terms of yeah. our so yeah. I think that that's a kind of open question for now, but the preference is to fully finance it. And you know, if things pick up well from here and yeah. we, we we get ourselves into gear, there's no reason that can't happen. Yeah. Just what last question, Julie, because I don't want to keep your time on. So what do you see the next few years in terms of um, the blockchain crypto? What's your vision for the next say five to ten years where you see it going where you it's hard to predict, I know, but, you know, the way the internet's went, the way that I can roughly see where it's, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I'm probably clueless, but I can get a rough idea. Uh, where do you see it going in the next few years, you know? So I think, you know, I've thought a lot about this question and I get asked it a lot with various things. Yeah. Yeah. And I do believe that crypto has been, I think the people adapting crypto has been a struggle at times, right? Like mm -hmm. my younger sister, right? I've always tried to get her to invest in crypto. I've always tried to get her to kind of in, enjoy it and just kind of experience the industry. And she's like, she'll have a crack on coin, Coinbase and then she'll just forget about it, right? <clears throat> but when I showed her NFTs and started to kind of show her around OpenSea and Magic Eden, the Solana marketplace, and set her up with a wallet and gave her some starting ETH, she got completely hooked on it, right? Mm -hmm. So my, my takeaway from that and, and now she's really, really into it. Even now, you know, when the market's massively dipped and she's probably lost money overall. But my takeaway from that is I think NFTs will cannibalize the crypto industry and mm -hmm. they'll eat it up. And the reason I say that is because, one, they're much easier to understand, much easier to familiarize yourself. But number two, there's a lot more reason for everyone in the world. If we're going into this increasingly digital world, 
there's a lot more reason for people to own NFTs than there is mm-hmm. to own Bitcoin. Agreed. It just makes a lot more sense. You know, there are tens of millions of gamers in the world. Every game asset should be an NFT. Yeah. In the future. So, yeah, I'm, I think I'm permeable NFTs and always confident on crypto, but I think it always will have its own ecosystem outside of the traditional kind of monetary, global monetary system, I think. I think Gary Vaynerchuk made a good point where he was talking about he didn't he doesn't invest in the stock market, he says, because he just isn't fun. You know, he yeah. invests in NFTs because it's creative, it's fun, it's different, it's ups and downs, but it's fun, it's creative. You know, I've got a stake in an artist, I've got a stake in a band, I've got a stake in a movie, I've got a stake, you know, it goes up and down. And that would be my interest for investing in things where it's like just to purely make corporate money and you're looking at the, the stock market just would bore the ass off me. I would rather take my chance on an artist or whatever. It's that, yeah. uh, that fun side. And the way I see it in a few years' time, I don't even know if there'll be an NFT community as such. It'll be like, okay, if you want to buy Beyonce's album, the NFT, and it might not even be called NFT, Beyonce's album, there's 100,000 albums there, or you want to buy the normal one, but you've got a piece of that album. Every artist, every creative, every studio will have their own section. that will be maybe... You're right. You know, you, You're right. And you know. like in one specific point you said, it won't even be called an NFT. People yeah. Won't- they're buying an nft but they for many reasons it will be an nft that they're buying yeah and I think that's the trick to cracking like the masses is exactly complicated like right now i think if you come in to crypto without knowing it it's super complicated to get around yeah. right yeah it's yeah. still there's still so much friction when you want yeah from where you are to your end goal whether it be owning a board ape or owning some eth or owning some other cryptocurrency it's a lot of steps to get there right so yeah. that needs dramatically improve to onboard you know much more people in the world and i think it, it will eventually happen i mean look at how difficult it was to connect to the internet in the 90s right so exactly no it's all that bullshit right so the same thing will happen right it will just get easier and more streamlined and yeah. more people will come as a consequence basically yeah 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 even only a few years ago i remember going into a store and they said you can swipe your card and it was like i ain't swipe my fucking card what are you talking <laughs> about you steal my, you're gonna steal all my details and that was only a few, and now I never use cash. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that was only a few years ago. And it was like, yeah, when you think of it that way, it's like, you know, um, it's just such a resistance because I think we're so used to the, the old internet, but this is going to be another way. Um, and I can see, it, you know, it'll just gradually go the way it needs to go, you know. Um, anyway, man, I don't want to keep you any longer. It's been great talking to you, Nils. Um, if, you, if you want to say anything else about your, the project, um, at the moment, um, and it, how long it's gone for, for the mint and everything else, go away, go ahead now, because I'm going to yeah, share this uh, everywhere. If, is there like a description box under the podcast? Um, there's a, no, but what I'll do is I'm going to put into the podcast, wherever I put it, YouTube and all the audio platforms and iTunes, I'll put the details, I'll put the links on there. Yeah, we'll just, know, we'll put, just stick, our, stick our Discord link in there. So people I'll, no, I'll put everything, I'll put every single yeah. link on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that's been great talking to you, you know. No, no, I appreciate um, it. And yeah. I hope the pro- I'm going to be following it in the in a few weeks ahead. Hopefully, I can buy any as well. You know, so uh, thanks very much for chatting, man. This is going to go. Out. I'll do. I'll put it tonight. You know, the next few hours. Okay. So okay, I'll post cool. it tonight. Right. So uh, thanks a lot, Hugh. Great talking to you. Cheers. Thanks, man. Thanks, Catch you later. Thanks a lot. Bye.